Good morning, Game Changers, and welcome to Life Church X Online. Man, I'm just so excited that you're tuning in with us today. Let me start out by just wishing all of you moms out there a very happy Mother's Day. We're praying that you just have a special day, that you feel as special as you are. You know, being a mom is probably the hardest job in the whole world. So we commend you on investing in that younger generation raising up young boys and girls who will serve the Lord, love the Lord with all of their heart, and really just endeavor to fulfill God's plan for their life. That's a huge task, a huge mission, uh, and what more worthy than that to devote your life to. So we just hope your day is very special. I also want to let you know if you're a young couple out there desiring to have children, maybe you haven't yet, we're praying for you also. I know how that feels personally. And we're praying that God would bless you richly and abundantly in the area of young children here in the year ahead. Um, so I just want to let you know we're thinking about you and praying for you as well. Hey, if this looks a little different today, the backdrop behind me, that's because we're recording from our Jerseyville campus. Many of you know that when this pandemic hit and our stay-at-home order was put in place, we were right in the middle of our plans and preparations to have a big launch Sunday for our new Jerseyville campus. Obviously, that got interrupted, but I'm excited to report to you that our Jerseyville campus still seems to be growing and thriving. We've got folks continuing to tune in with us every single week, uh, and man, we're just looking forward to when we can come back together again in person and have services. In the meantime, hey, let's just continue to invite, share, tag someone right now that you'd like to ask to join us here for the service today, because we're getting ready to get into the Word. How many people are hungry? For the word of God this morning. Go ahead and get your fist bump, high five, hands raised, muscle emojis going, and uh, we're going to get into it. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are asking you to just meet with each and every person right now where they are. God, you are not limited in any way. You are the limitless God, and we pray that you would just meet each and every person in their rooms, in their homes. God, surround them with your presence and your power right now. Speak to every single one of us in the moments ahead. And Lord, I pray that you would just anoint me to speak your word, to preach your truth this morning. More of you and less of me in the moments ahead, God. I'm leaning entirely on you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm so excited about this message. If you tuned in with us last week, you'll recall that the title of our message was God is Speaking. And I'm continuing on today with that theme, God is, but the title of the message for this morning is God is working. God is working. Let me begin by just introducing a question to you that I have been asked a number of times since this COVID-19 outbreak began. And that question is, did God bring or is he using coronavirus as some form of judgment? Now, before you kind of gasp at that question, um, I just want to point out that it really is a fair question because there are many incidents in the Bible where God has brought plagues or pestilences in order to bring a form of judgment on people who he's warned to repent of sin or turn from their ways and turn back to him. When those warnings are ignored, obviously judgment uh, from God can come and has come. We know that there's evidence of that. So 
it's not just uh, automatically a question that should be chalked up to an apocalyptic doomsday type of thinking. Um, now, I also want to point out that in addition to God bringing plague or pestilences as forms of uh, judgment, that we can also acknowledge and see that disease and illness and sicknesses can also be a part of just living in a sin-filled, fallen, broken world, which we know we do. Yes, Jesus has already came and delivered us from our sin who put our faith in him. Yes, we're born again and we're heaven bound. But there's also this reality that we walk in a world where the prince of the power of the air is still at work. And so many things that we see that are evils or injustices are really a result of being here in this sin-filled, fallen, and broken world. And so I'll just give you my opinion. This is my personal opinion. I'm not suggesting to you I'm absolutely right on this. I might be wrong. But my feeling is that this pandemic really is a result more of the latter of the two examples that I gave you, that we live in, we walk in a sin-filled, disease-stricken world, and that we're seeing results of that all around us in every generation of time. Now, if I am wrong, let me also point that out, that if this is a form of judgment, and I and, and it's not just a result of the sin-filled world, then you can take faith and encouragement in the words of the prophet Zephaniah, where he says that those who will remain humble before the Lord will be hidden in the day of God's judgment, or will be covered. So for those of us who are humble and stay humble before the Lord with a penitent heart, He's sovereign, He is supreme, and number one in our hearts and in our lives, that we don't have to fear anything. Even if there were judgment occurring, that God says to His people that He will cover us and He will protect us. There's a powerful reality in that, because I want to encourage you to rest in the protection and in the faith that God has you in the palm of his hand. Look, I'm praying every day that this coronavirus goes away. My kids right now, at every meal that we sit down to, they are praying for God to end coronavirus. I mean, they want to get back to seeing their friends in church and hanging out with people as we all do. So we continue to pray that. And we know that God could end this at any time. So the fact that God has allowed this to happen is allowing this to continue as long as it has needs to speak to us. That implies certain things. And this is the title of today's message and this is what I want to get through to you in this sermon is that God is working even through this. God is not limited by some sort of a disease or sickness that might be breaking out across our land, that God can actually use this and work this thing together for something good for his people. And we put our faith and we put our hope in that. I want to give you a couple of things about the way God works or how the works of God look in our lives in this world and as we see according to Scripture. And so if you're following with us, point number one, point number one is that his works never end. His works never end. Have have you ever started a project 
maybe uh, at your house or somewhere where you think it's just going to be a small little project. You think it's just going to be a short little deal. Uh, and before you know it, it just continues on into this never-ending thing that's like you can't even see when the end of this is in sight, right? You bought a house and you planned on just fixing it up a little bit and maybe you were going to sell it or you, you were going to be done with the fixer-upper project and enjoy it. And here, 35 years later, you're still working on that project, right? That's kind of a funny example. But the works of God are similar in the way that they never stop and they never end. Listen to this in the book of Psalms, chapter 145, verse 13. It says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today, uh, because frankly, this is a message that I just really feel like uh, we need to embrace, we need to hear, and we need to ground this thing in the word. He says here that God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Well, his works flow from his reign, which is what a kingdom is. The kingdom is the extent of that reign, the fullness of that reign, okay? The functionality of that reign. Well, God's kingdom, his works, are never ending. They will continue beyond this age and through eternity. That's powerful to think about because everything in this world including sickness, disease, even our mortal bodies, the very earth itself, are transient, meaning they are in a deteriorating state. They are mortal. They're, they're not going to last forever. But the works of God will, and the only thing that is of eternal value is from the spirit realm, right? So that's important because when we look around, we see things that are happening, but we know there's an end to them. But the works of God, which are good things for his people, will continue forever because it's an everlasting kingdom that we who are children of God are citizens of. Let's continue on to Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. It says, in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel prophesied about four kingdoms, three of them that have come to pass. One, we believe, is still yet to come in the end days under the reign of the Antichrist. But the prophecy was that these kingdoms will rise and fall. But the kingdom of God will stand forever. But also, get this from the verses we just read, it will come against and crush into pieces all of those other kingdoms. Do you get this? The works of God are superior in power and in reign to any opposing works that may, may be originating from down here in a temporal world. Man, folks, we put our faith in that, that God is working on our behalf and for our good, even if we can't see all that's going on, and frankly, we never will, but we can have faith that he's doing that, and all these other things will come and they will go. There's an end to them, but there's no end to the reign and the works of God for his people for good. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 1 when the angel's speaking about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. It says that he will be great. This is verses 32 and 33. 
He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. That's powerful to think about, isn't it? That God's works are never going to stop. I'll tell you something else the Bible says. I, I think this will encourage you as well about the works of God. It says that God works all things together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. You know what that tells me? It tells me that the works of God are good enough and powerful enough to even cover up my mess. Look, this isn't a license to sin. I hope you don't misinterpret or misunderstand me today. But what this means is I'm an imperfect person who serves a perfect God. And even when I make a mess of things or I make mistakes, if I turn my heart to him and I'm penitent and I ask God for forgiveness, that he can take even my messes and turn them into a work that's designed for my good. The Bible tells us our God is the God who turns beauty from ashes. Man, that's, that's awesome stuff to think about. So God is working. And the first point is that his works are never ending. The second point is that his works increase. His works increase over time. Let me explain what I mean by that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, he was speaking about some signs of his return, some signs of the second coming. One of the things that he said is when this gospel of the kingdom, the works and reign of God, has been preached into all of the nations, and then the end will come. Now think about this. For the gospel to be getting preached in all the nations, what we see is a picture of a church that has a lot of power and a lot of influence. You see, as time goes on, the church of God, the body of Christ, the bride of the groom, gets stronger and more influential as God works through his people as we approach the end. That's a picture of a church that's influential, that's widespread, that God's works on the earth are increasing and building over time as we approach the return of the Lord. There, there's an intensification of God works, God's works here on the earth. And we participate in that. We should recognize through our lifetime an increase in the works of God steadily throughout the years that we're here on this earth. Listen in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. I told you I'm giving you a lot of scriptures today, so just follow along. It says, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Does that just get you going right there to hear those character attributes of our loving Father, of our, of our Jesus? Verse 7, here's where it is. It says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase, the building and the growing of God's works on the earth, 
there will be no end. He just continues to increase in what he's doing in our lives and on our behalf. And nothing is going to stop that. Coronavirus isn't going to stop that. Satan himself is not going to stop that. In order to give you a good picture of this increase of God's works, I want to explain something to you that's known in the Bible as the former and the latter rain. Let's begin by reading, first of all, in James chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain, also called former and latter rain. So we can go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, first of all, chapter 11, to see God made a promise to his people that he would bring the former and the latter rain, or the early and latter rain. So on a literal sense, this is what that means. It speaks to the agricultural cycle. So in the early rain, that would begin, that would be the beginning of the agricultural season. There would be a, a flood of rain that would come, an outpouring of rain that would saturate the grounds in the beginning of the season. And then the farmers would sow seed into the soil after that happened because it was ripe and ready for planting. And then the crops would obviously take root, they would grow, they would mature, they would bear fruit. Towards the end of that cycle, as they matured, there would eventually come a point that is called the latter rain, which means that it had been steadily raining and keeping the ground saturated in between the early and latter rain periods, but the early and latter were more of an outpouring. They were more of a pouring out, and it's the latter rain would saturate the earth and kind of bring that final ripening of the crops so that they were fully mature and then ready for the harvest. That's what this speaks to in the promise that God made to his people in Deuteronomy. But this also has, in addition to a literal application, this has prophetic significance as well of early and latter rain outpouring and intensification or increase in what God's pouring out on the land. In order to get into that, I have to take you to the book of Joel, chapter 2. In Joel, chapter 2, verse 23, it reads, Be glad, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first month. Now, he's speaking initially in this time period towards the land and God's promise to keep the ground saturated with rain for their crops and for their prosperity. But he's also speaking with prophetic significance about a spiritual work that God will do in an increasing way over the land and for his people until eventually the return of Christ. See, we jump ahead into verses 28 and 29 in Joel chapter 2, and this is what we find. He says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. You see, rain also is a figurative picture of the Holy Spirit. Just like God promises to provide the early and latter rain for the crops, let's think about the implications for a second. We know that the fulfillment of the early rain in Joel's prophecy happened at the day of Pentecost. Do you remember that? The people, the disciples, and the brethren were gathered in the upper room. Jesus said, go into the city and wait until you receive power, that you are endued from power on high. That happened by way of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost after Christ had been resurrected. God poured out his spirit on all flesh. Tongues of fire fell upon them. The New Testament church was birthed. That means the initial seed were sown right after the early outpouring of the rain. But praise God. Listen, this is what I want to hear you to hear today. The latter rain is still yet to come. The fulfillment of this prophecy of the latter rain will occur at the end times before Jesus returns, which means between now and then, we continue in a period where steady rain is falling on the earth, where we are approaching the time where latter rain will happen. It will be like an explosion, an outpouring over our land, and God's outpouring of His Spirit will intensify and increase as we approach Christ's return in a more powerful way than it's ever been here on the earth. Praise God. He's pouring out his spirit even now as steady rain over sons and daughters, men servants and maid servants alike. He's no respecter of persons. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your age is. God says he'll pour out his spirit on you if you want to receive the gift that we call the Holy Spirit from heaven. Ah, man, that gets me so excited today. You see, my message is designed to encourage you that God is working right now. He's absolutely working. I, I say emphatically and assertively to you, according to Scripture, God is absolutely at work right now, and He is not threatened in any way by what's going on in the earth. And you can take hope in that because that means He is working for you and on your behalf, even right now during these times. And his works will continue to increase in our lives and as the years approach towards, eventually, the return of Christ. Man, if that gets you excited today, can, can you just give some high fives or hands raised emojis? Just let us know if this is encouraging you and speaking to you right now. Because many people look around and they say, is God even working? Where is God right now? Look, just because you can't see with your natural eyes what's going on, do not be fooled that the God of the universe who says, I will work on your behalf and his works increase. Don't be fooled that he is not very much at work right now and doing something good for you that we'll all look back on in years and seasons ahead and say, wow, I couldn't even begin to see all that God was doing in that time. But I'm just thankful that I remained faithful and trusted that he was still at work in my life. His works will continue to increase. 
Yeah, we look ahead into the book of Amos, chapter 9, verse 13. And we see something else that's interesting about the increase of God's work. Let's read verse 13. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it. You see, he says the plowman will overtake the reaper in future days. What's happening there is that the increase and intensification of God's work of his outpouring over the earth and over his people becomes so intense and, and builds so much that time frames are literally beginning to be collapsed. You see that. The plowman who, who plows the ground overtakes the reaper. He's literally plowing and planting in the same season that it's being reaped, which speaks to the swift progress that's happening as God is moving. Listen, think about this right now. The message of the gospel is being preached in a more widespread way over the whole earth than possibly it ever has before. It's echoing over the airwaves in a most powerful way. People are hearing the gospel, making decisions for Christ, and making decisions to serve the serve Him with all their heart, mind, and soul. I believe we're going to see the time frames collapsing more and more in the years ahead where people are raising other people up strong in the church to walk in their God-given purpose and destiny as well. Powers of multiplication at work because signs of the increase of God's work is a collapsing of time frames. You remember what it said earlier in the, God, in the book of Joel chapter 2? It said that he will pour out his uh, spirit. It says he will bring the former lane and the latter rain in the first month. Meaning things are being condensed, power is being compressed, and things are happening in more powerful ways than we've ever seen before. Man, this gets me going. I don't know about you. But I'm just so excited that God is working right now. I know he's working. I hope you know he's working. That, that should encourage you today. And I want to end with this, this last point. That as the works of God continue to build and increase, eventually we reach a point where his works and his goodness is so prevalent and so uh, encompassing and enveloping that it literally saturates every part of his creation. You see, the prophet Habakkuk says, chapter 2, verse 14, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. Let me explain what this means. As God's works increase and build, and there's an outpouring of the latter rain in the final days over the land, sons and daughters being raised up, time frames being collapsed, eventually that prince of the power of the air, all demonic forces, all rebellious spirits, and all sin, disease, sickness, pain, and suffering, all of it eventually is purged and removed. The very earth itself that's deteriorating melts away and a new heaven and a new earth come forth. And the Bible says, according to that prophecy, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth as the water covers the sea. Yes, God's glory is unthreatened, 
yes, all of creation reflects His glory, but that specifically says the knowledge of the glory of God, meaning everywhere you turn and look, everything about the return and reign of Christ and our reign with Him means the glory, the knowledge of God and the glory of God is like a residue everywhere we go, everything we touch and everything we do. We are never out from under the awareness of that glory. That's the fulfillment of the increase of God's works as they continue to build until the return of Jesus. I want to give you just a little demonstration of that today. Uh, For me, this just gives me a great picture of the intensification eventually of the fulfillment of this, the glory of God that covers the whole earth as the water covers the sea. I'm going to pull this over here so you can see this. And what I have is I have, a first of all, a, a big pitcher of water. And I have this sponge. And this sponge is completely dry right now. And this sponge should represent the earth. And this water represents the outpouring of God's spirit that's steadily pouring out over the earth since the early rain until the latter rain. And so this sponge, we'll say, is the earth that eventually will be filled with the knowledge and the glory of God. So here we see this rain that's just steadily, steadily coming, steadily being poured out. The early rain, it happened at Pentecost. God's spirit fell on sons and daughters, on men and women. Young men had visions and old men dreamed dreams. I'm still seeing visions, by the way. I'm not dreaming dreams yet. And this water, this outpouring just continues to pour out. And then the earth is just fully saturated. Everywhere you go, everything that you touch, and everything that you see is soaking with the goodness and the glory of God. Isn't that powerful? We know that we serve a God whose works are never ending and are always increasing. I want you to have faith in that today. I want you to put your hope in the fact that no matter what's going on in a temporal, transient world, we serve a king from an everlasting kingdom whose works are eternal and are always increasing in the lives of his people. I want to invite you today, if you say, Pastor, this message is speaking to me, I I feel like what you're saying is moving my heart. Listen, that is the tug and the draw of the Spirit of God on you. He will never force your will, but He will draw you and He will woo you into a relationship with Him. He is always drawing us unto Himself. That is the reason for which Jesus came, was to bring those who were lost into relationship with Him. There's only one way to get there, and that's by giving your life to Jesus Christ, by surrendering entirely to Him, turning from your old life, and turning to Him completely. You can't earn it. You don't have to go do something after we end this this live stream to earn it. All you need to do is make a decision right now, in this moment, this is your moment, that you're going to let the God of the universe into your heart, that you're going to surrender to Him, allow Him to fill you with His Spirit, forgive you of your sin, and help you and empower you to become the person that He's created you to be. 
If you'll do that right now and say, Father God, I give my life to you. I give my life to Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. I turn from my old life. I turn from my sin, and I turn entirely to you, God. Fill me with your spirit. Pour out the rain right now, God, over me, and help me to become the person that you've created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer, I just announced to you according to the word of God that you have been saved, your sins have been forgiven, you are headed to heaven, you're filled with God's spirit, and you're designed for a life of purpose and destiny that now you can effectively walk out because you are empowered by the very nature and spirit of God that comes to live on the inside of you. We would love to connect with you and help you to do that in a minute. You're going to hear how you can reach out to us. We can come alongside of you and help you in this journey of faith that you're on. Figure out what God's gifted you to do and how we can help you become strong in your faith and in your relationship with him. Also, if you need prayer for anything at all, man, we want to pray with you during this time. We're also going to invite you to connect with us in a few minutes as well, and we'll help let you know how to do that. But we want to be praying with you no matter what it is that you might need prayer for or you might be going through right now. So, in closing, look, God is working. He's always been working. He's never going to stop working. Coronavirus can't stop that. Satan can't stop that. And for those of us who are children of God, we can sit back and literally rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We can rest in His work as we live every day to become the person that He's created us to be. What a great assurance. What a great hope. And I pray that that truth resonates with you today. God bless you. Have an awesome day. And thank you again for tuning in.